If you are listening to this via podcast, not visually, we're going to pass some waterfalls, some river sounds, some waves and things like that. So be kind to our audio technicians and, and show producers here. We're breaking down RevOps with some of the biggest names in SaaS. Every week, Patrick Campbell and Michael Klett unravel the mysteries of RevOps. I spend all my time thinking about revenue operations. While also enjoying some of the best and freshest hops around. Here's the RevOps. Today, we are talking about the relationship between RevOps and sales with Samir Kamat, the founder of Tint. This is RevOps and Hops. Welcome to RevOps and Hops. I'm Patrick Campbell here from ProfitWell. Got Michael Klett here from Chargerify. And then Samir joining us to talk a little bit about CS and sales. Um, We're going to talk a little bit about some beer. We're going to talk a little bit about that depth when it comes to sales and customer success. What's what's our beer lesson for the week? All right. So um, out of the three prongs of RevOps, right, um, sales, marketing, and customer support, yeah. Today, we're going to be talking mostly about sales and customer support. So yep. I had the task of selecting a beer sure. to tie those two things together. Okay. So I think this was the biggest that challenge. That one feels tough. Yeah, this is the biggest <laughs> feels challenge. Feels like we're going to stretch a little bit. Yeah, here. so there's really a little bit here. of a stretch. So I actually right. picked New Belgium Fat Tire. Okay. Ale. It's an amber ale um, from New Belgium out of Fort Collins, Colorado. They also have a brewery in Asheville, North Carolina. There you go. Beautiful house. place. Um, yeah, so I picked, I picked this because uh, Fat Tire is one of the, the biggest selling craft beer brands in the U.S., so okay. you got the sales That's there. the sales part, yeah. And also, like, out of any brand that exemplifies customer service, I actually think this is one of them. If you go into a New Belgian tap room, I think you'll experience some of the best service you've ever seen because it's a 100% employee-owned company. Sure. Uh, and the people behind the bar really care about the product. They're passionate about it, and they really care about... Yeah. Getting their product into the hands of consumers and educating them. Why don't we chase it? Oh, yeah, first? let's taste it. Let's yeah. yeah. Is yeah. there is there something Cheers. we Cheers. should know about with this one? Um, this is a Belgian inspired amber ale. So it's gonna be a little Belgian y and like in as much as like the yeast will be a little bit estery, a little bit fruity. This is a crisp beer, but it, it's yeah. not as crisp as some of the pale lagers that we got. Got it. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. My name is Samir Kamat. I'm the CEO of Tint. Uh, we are a marketing platform that uh, allows brands to tell their story in the voice of their users, mm. uh, their customers, their influencers, their fans. We allow brands to collect what we call user-generated content, social mm. content on social media networks, uh, SMS, uh, review sites, uh, for brands to be able to collect that, curate that, uh, own the rights to them, and then display that content across every marketing channel that they might have. Do you have people that do jumbotrons all the way down or is it something where they do jumbotrons or some of uh, the more scalable uh, stuff at every uh, level from small tv screens sure. uh, in their offices to uh, large-scale displays in fact uh, uh, the westfield mall i don't know if y'all have been to yeah. new york wow. uh, from that's cool small screens to extremely massive ones yeah, yeah, yeah. the yeah. screen market is like fascinating to me because there's so many layers of like your menus in the restaurants, all the way to signage, all the way to like stuff like you guys are doing. Absolutely, I mean, digital out of home is is growing at a steady clip, uh, and experiential marketing is is yeah. even more. So it's an interesting cross section of how you can show content that really speaks. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, in the olden days, billboards was were the thing. Now, digital displays and out of home yeah. settings is is the new thing. That's cool, and especially yeah. with so much like you know content that's especially user generated, and this that's is kind of right. like justification of why you guys exist exactly you know managing all of that and getting it to the right place and optimizing it is obviously a problem and that's why you guys are here absolutely on on the employee owned front though 
is that appealing to you from a marketing perspective, just as consumers? Mm. Like when you walk into a grocery store that, you know, cause normally like truly employee owned, they're very like vocal about it. They put it up on the wall, that type of yeah. thing. Like as a consumer, do you guys have pride when you're like, oh, this is an employee owned place or do you not care? I mean, it resonates with me. Like yeah. I said, because I go in and I know the person serving me the beer, um, cares that much more deeply yeah. about, about the company. They're Cause just they're like getting upside or something Yeah. There's like, like this that. implicit, um, belief. Yeah. I think that that happens. Um, what about you, Samir? How the employer treats the employee mm-hmm. uh, goes a long way in how much they empower the employee uh, and and entrust the employee to make the right calls for sure. for the company. How they rep- they represent themselves to the customer, and it shows. I think uh, in the case of this beer, uh, I'm sure the every employee uh, translates that into how they treat their customer. Yeah. So. I believe in it. That's cool. Yeah. 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 I think maybe I can get my point in before we yeah. stop. But like, I think that, yeah, I, I'm, I have the kind of the same feeling, right? And, and I worry a little bit if it's like a marketing gimmick versus yeah. reality, right? But yeah. I remember the yeah, first experience sure. I had was, um, you know, all these supermarkets, mm-hmm. yep. like they're all typically 100% employee owned or they were like at least in the States for a little while. Um, and that was always like a cool thing where it was like, that's why that person's working so hard. Maybe that's not really the case, but it at least felt that way, mm-hmm. which... It yeah. kind of added to the experience. Well, I think it very, very, very really falls short if you if you try to pretend. Yeah, uh, yeah. that that you care totally, and you don't. Yeah. Uh, it absolutely shows. It's got to be authentic. Yeah, yes, absolutely. That's cool. For our product and the way we interact with brands, uh, we think that the brand standing on the mountaintop and touting how good they are doesn't go very far. Yeah. It is the authenticity that takes it far. And, sure. Um, you know, employees is, are a big voice for their yeah. brand. Uh, so are customers. That's cool. So yeah, that authenticity is obviously like super, super important. Uh, absolutely. And, and you know, that's that's absolutely the foundation of our of a product and a solution is for brands uh, to not be the ones touting what they do because that doesn't travel very far. It mm. is when the employees and customers say, good things about the brand, uh, that's when the others tend to care. Yeah. Uh, and that's when the brand really stands out. So we believe in it. Um, that's cool. Absolutely believe in it. Yeah. Cool. So like a social proof built in there. Social proof. I mean, word of mouth is a real thing. Uh, and yeah. in today's day and age, uh, social media is the platform for delivering that word of mouth. Mm. Uh, how many times do we actually buy a product because a brand says it's great? Like Netflix, right? So Netflix has hundreds of engineers dedicated to personalization, right? But yeah. now there's so many choices that I still don't really choose anything unless someone's like, oh, did you see that series? I'm like, no, but I'll like watch at least the first exactly. episode now because you mentioned it. Exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that tribe concept I think is super interesting to me because it's been around obviously for yeah, a Seth long Golden, time. Yeah, Seth talks a lot about the tribe. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's finally boils down to a set of people who care yeah. about... Uh, what you have to say enough that they will say to the others. This is the most common questions I feel when it comes to word of mouth. How do you measure it? Yeah. How do you make it like, how do you inflate more of it or how do you create more of it? Brands look at word of mouth uh, or, or how they can have their voice be told in the voice of their users and customers. We have seen study after study and, and in our own customer network, uh, when branded content is displayed on websites versus authentic 
user-generated content is displayed on the website, the engagement numbers are far greater. Sure. Uh, conversion to revenue is far greater. Got it. Uh, and and uh, to build on it, you have to use more of it. Uh, mm -hmm. So how do you use a, a true voice of customer in every touch point that you might have with the user? Uh, that grows your network. That grows yeah. the, the people who care about you more. That's cool. Yeah. Very cool. So earlier on, I think I uh, I may have misspoke. I said uh, customer support instead of customer success. So mm -hmm. as a just I'm just an engineer, lowly engineer. Oh come <laughs> on, <laughs> come what, on! What is, how, yeah. do, how do you guys see the difference in those two? In those two things? Those yeah, two I would, I, well, yeah. well, for for me, uh, I mean, both uh, functions are critical to an organization. Uh, support as well as success are built on the foundation of customer delight. Uh, without that, neither function can operate. However, I think the customer support function is more transactional, more break-fix. Mm -hmm. The relationship aspect of, of customer delight comes through customer success. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's where the distinction lies. Mm -hmm. Transactional models of, of delighting a customer is when a customer calls in saying, hey, I have this problem, can you help me? Customer success is being more proactive into mm. the best interest of that customer and then having solutions not for today but for tomorrow yeah. for the customers. That's yeah. interesting. So it's like really the reactive versus the proactivity. Absolutely. Like RevOps, which is typically customer success, marketing, sales. Like where does support fit in there then? Because there's, there's yeah. certainly touch points there that mm -hmm. may not necessarily be taken into account when you think of traditional RevOps. Well, well so support is... Uh, is uh, a function that supports success. Sure. Uh, All when, puns intended, Because right? when it comes down to uh, a customer calling and saying, I have a problem, and, and support either delights them with their, their solution or they don't, that translates to customer satisfaction scores, that translates to NPS, uh, and the overall sentiment of that customer can be swayed based on one interaction with a support person uh, that might completely dismantle relationship over a few years, yeah. right? So I think support is certainly a feeding function into yeah. uh, into success. That's cool. Okay. And so how do you translate a, uh, a customer success interaction? Let's say that the uh, the customer is delighted, the customer is really excited. Yeah. How does that get translated into some user-generated content? How do you get get them to get the word out? Uh, yeah, how uh, do you like get yeah. someone to tweet about you? So, so uh, for a customer to tweet about you, they need to care enough sure. about you as a brand. And uh, we, over over the period of, of onboarding the customer, in fact, right from the first time when they raise their hands through the marketing operations that we might have, to the entire sales process, to, to onboarding, to customer uh, success, mm -hmm. uh, retention, and more, the journey of, of the customer at every point, if we've added some value, if we know that these are the pain points we solved, they will automatically be a testimonial for you. They'll be a, a, yeah. a, a mouthpiece for your brand uh, and do it openly. Uh, and I think that's that's the ultimate goal with every yeah. customer that, that one, one should have. Do right? you ever do you ever ask? Like, do you ever ask for, like maybe you ask for a testimonial, but do you yeah. ever ask for a share or something like that? Uh, no, uh, because the, the way that they can tell their story can be uh, different ways. Sure. Uh, you know, they might want to go on camera. You know, sure, yeah, they, might yeah. want, they might want to just give a quote. Yeah. Uh, they might use social media. They might not, mm. right? Uh, so whatever is most comfortable with the customer as to how they want to tell uh, their story about us, uh, that's how we should go. Because in today's day and age, you can't force 
any medium, one medium or the other. Yeah. Uh, it's mm. how, it's what the individual really feels comfortable about. Uh, that's the one that they will use. Cool. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So from what I understand, a customer is more likely to um, say something if they're upset rather than if they've been delighted. Yep. Do you find that to be true? Absolutely. And how do you fight that? Uh, well, uh, there is a whole uh, slew of products for for social listening and customer engagement on social yeah. uh, because it is a real thing. Uh, the, you know, the world has opened up when it comes to communication and you've got to pay deep attention to both sides of the story. Mm. Uh, if, if you let someone have a negative uh, review for you publicly and you let it slide, you let it be, you ignore it, mm. uh, it's going to snowball more than you think. Uh, mm. You have to be able to publicly respond that firstly be humble acknowledge the problem if there is a problem and then tell them steps to solve it. Uh, I think that goes far further than not acknowledging the problem mm. in the first place. That makes sense. Engagement matters. Uh, and in this world of social media, if you don't engage, uh, it's, it's a slide down. So how does it end up back in sales? Um, is, it, is it an automated thing like say via tent? Um, or what's the what's the handle? Well, everyone should be using ten. So <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that is true. That is true. Shameless plug. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But but uh, I think uh, in the journey of a buyer or a customer, every time there is a handoff mm -hmm. of any kind uh, between the org, the customer is is either going to be disappointed mm -hmm. or is going to be delighted, mm -hmm. and. Whether it's a lead going to an SDR, SDR to an AE, maybe sales management gets involved for negotiation. Uh, when does onboarding get involved? When does CS get involved? Uh, how often does a salesperson get involved back in the CS channel when the CS person hopefully uh, finds more opportunity for growth? Mm -hmm. uh, and the renewal process and this cycle continues. So every time there is a handoff, there's a possibility for you to drop the ball or mm. absolutely delight the customer. Because it's kind of amazing because you have companies like, you know, Zappos, yep. you know, it's kind of the, the perennial yep. example where like there's really not that that much to interact about, right? right? I didn't get my shoes. I want to return my shoes. I want help ordering that type of thing, right? And they still have such a like reputation. And then I'm sure you have, you know, Comcast, who ironically has like, I've never met someone who's like, I love Comcast, but somehow they have 98% customer satisfaction or something like that. Right. That's right. But anyways, they don't have like a lot of great interaction points. And so how do you create that culture? Like if you were going to walk into an organization sight unseen, where you're creating basically a world where those interactions have a very, very high probability of being great and delightful for your customers. I, th I think uh, it, it, the three things that I think every great company must have, must invest mm -hmm. in, and and it is firstly the people. You've got to have people who care about uh, about the company, uh, people who come in with a purpose uh, and can act in accordance to the culture of the company for the best interest of the customer. Sure, that is number one. The other is process. Uh, at every handoff, there needs to be a process saying if this doesn't happen. Mm. That will happen, yeah. You know, uh, or these. This is a checklist of things at every exchange of hands that has to happen. Mm. Now, y you can have these two uh, as you're scaling up, but you will not have uh, a 10x return because you've got to automate these things. Got it. And that's when systems and tools come in place. So, so people, process, and system tools yeah. are the three things that are foundational for 
for any company to succeed yeah. and revops the whole discussion is about the intersection of these three things yeah. right uh, at every every inter- interchange of of uh, of hands uh, of role uh, what is the process between that and how can you use a set of tools um, like like chargeify for yeah. example to automate this seamless interaction hmm. comes down to that that's yeah. cool when you think about people process and tools it's it's so easy to agree with you right mm-hmm. and it's i don't think it's, anyone's going to argue with nope. it <laughs> but it's so hard it like is, what do we is. what do we mess up as companies especially in the b2b saas space when it comes to people process and tools like there's, yeah. there's endless things we mess up but like maybe on a very high level like why do we mess this up or why are why are we always you know struggling with like getting this right the two things here one is as the company scales mm-hmm. um you know you, you start off smaller and then you grow yeah and you let inertia slide in mm-hmm. saying what we have homegrown is good enough yeah. right and after a period of time that good enough becomes bleeding with a thousand yeah. paper cuts gotcha. right it's too late uh to make the change uh into something that's more seamless after you you think you've invested years into yeah. something homegrown the the other aspect of uh of this is uh i think there has to be a continual training cycle within the company mm. because it's easy for people to forget what to do people assume yeah. what the other side of of that handoff is supposed to do or what i am supposed to do investing in your people to be trained and retrained mm. every so often because people come and go in your org yeah. you can't just have this once it's the foundation of how you run a business yeah mm-hmm. that's cool so uh <laughs> we mentioned at the beginning new belgium is 100% employee owned mm-hmm. company like yeah. obviously that is a motivator for their employees sure most companies aren't 100% employee owned yeah, like yeah. right how so what are the other ways to motivate employees and get them firing on all cylinders short of uh, giving them the company well any well oiled business uh, runs on kpis mm-hmm. uh, runs on metrics i love that phrase <laughs> any well oiled business is run on kpis uh, it's a t-shirt and, right there and, yeah. and 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 it cannot be ambiguous as to how you uh, you want your customer success team to, to lead or your sales team to lead or what the interaction there is mm-hmm. so in my mind uh you know customer success is is part of the revenue generating engine but yeah. it is not a selling engine right the, the 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 minute i believe that cs people try to sell they are they no longer in the minds of the 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 brand the customer yeah. are the champions for them at that company so you don't uh, believe they should have a quota no i no i believe that they should have a quota for okay. leads not customer for, success not absolutely Got so it. so we actually track success qualified leads in the company yeah, interesting but oh. the sales person will actually SQLs. come in and close that customer's expansion business because i want that cs person in the eyes of that customer to be the absolute champion no vested interests hmm. for them to actually to champion their cause within my company interesting uh, and and but but again going back to kpis how do you measure hmm. that that success is by did they understand the customers needs enough that they identify expansion opportunities and then hand them over to sales yeah. so while install based growth is the key metric for success they can't influence it without getting sales involved and working together Interesting. and that should be the biggest motivator delight the customer find opportunities hand them to sales yeah. you've done your job yeah like it's, it's it's this is like the age old debate i feel mm-hmm. with customer success is yeah. like should it have a quota like i guess 
you're kind of do have a quota. You do have a quota. And it's kind of tied to revenue. And so it's kind of like a BDR specialist where that opportunity or demo creation is going to lead to money. So it's, it's almost like maybe we're talking very close to the same part of the spectrum, just coming mm-hmm. from a different side. Yep. I don't know. It's just interesting. I've talked to a lot of customer success folks and like half believe no quota, half believe like actual revenue quota. Yep. All agree that no like major quota, just like retention, like small net retention gains. So it's like so super interesting. Because the, I mean, install based growth is their number. Okay. And, uh, uh, that, that encompasses expansion sales. Sure. And, and encompasses churn. But it maybe right? isn't tied individually uh, to commission. Is that, that what you're is, saying? That is correct. Okay, That cool. is correct. I, th- I think there is... Um, and it, when should CS get involved was one of the questions I think that was, yeah. you, uh, you yeah. know. And and uh, I, I I think that CS should get involved before the sale is done. Because one thing that I, I absolutely believe in is that the, the buyer or the customer should never have to repeat themselves twice, right? And that's what happens on... Oh, uh, if, if you don't have this down, the, the A will ask for their pain points, yeah. uh, how they, they classify success with, with the solution we have. Onboarding and CS come and ask the exact same questions. It's really annoying. Mm, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, and that just cannot be. Yeah. Right? Because for the customer, they didn't have an interaction with Samir, Patrick, and Michael. They had an interaction with company. the company. The company. Yeah. Right? And the so company. the company has to treat it as one, one interaction. One yeah. voice in unison is yeah. what the company should offer. And uh, most often, that doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, most often, the same questions are asked. The customer or the buyer is upset. Uh, it's never the, the best experience. So if you show cohesive uh, processes, and, and that's, again, foundation of, of RevOps, is how mm. do you tie all these operational aspects into one mm. such that the experience of the customer is great. Why, why this over any other job you could have? Well, I, I get to learn every day. Yeah. Uh, you know, I would never trade that for anything. Yeah. Um, you could be a professor and learn every day. Uh, <laughs> no, true, true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think seeing tangible impacts that we can offer to some of the largest brands in the world is an adrenaline rush that I would not, would not trade. Yeah. The the way that uh, and we aren't perfect, we'll never be, but we aren't complacent either. Uh, the way that we treat our customers, uh, the way that we realize our operations, uh, is is always going to be. Uh, not good enough, right? Sure. And as long as I have that feeling, I think uh, uh, I'm always going to be curious to learn. So. That's cool. Well, thank you. Thanks great. for coming. Thanks so Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. All Thanks around. for coming out. Thank you so much. Here we go. So, just talk with Samir from Tent. What do you think? Like, we're always so caught up in the mechanics, and mm-hmm. but it's it's really about delighting that customer, mm-hmm. and that success begets more success. Right. Even though you might not be able to measure it or know where it comes from, but right. like, customer delight seems like this kind of BSE term that a lot of us talk about, but in reality, it's one of those things that you have to have throughout your culture, and it has to be a focus, and it kind of ties into some of the other conversations we have about outcomes. Yes. Where, yeah, you might might focus on delight, but actually have an outcome that you go after. Yeah. And you got to remember that each touch point with your company um, is not mm. a chance to uh, screw uh, up. Yeah. <laughs> not a chance to screw up and not make the customer repeat what they've said before because they think they're that was interacting huge. Yeah, with just yeah. the company, not, oh, first was Patrick, then it was Michael, totally. and Michael doesn't know what Patrick do. But no, that's that that was a big thing. We, we learned that actually, I don't know, the hard way. We learned, we realized it where our handoff, especially for our, our price intelligently customers, 
the salesperson would go through this like very relationship type sale. And then literally we hand it off to the pricing team. They would have to kind of repeat everything. Mm. And we would try our best to do the institutional handoff, but it right. just wasn't as good. And so we started bringing people in earlier and really kind of controlling it with scopes and stuff like that. Yeah. And like you yeah, said, bring in success during totally, the sale. Yeah. I kind of have that, you know, overlapping triangles there, um, you know, of, of basically the people. And I think that's huge just because, you know, that, that helps you delight that customer. Mm-hmm. For sure. Cool. Well, that's all for this week on RevOps and Hops. I'm Patrick Campbell from ProfitWell. I'm Michael Klett from Chargeify. And if you got some value from this, you've got something you're going to use within your business, make sure you share it with a colleague and ultimately make sure you subscribe via email as well as through the podcasting app of your choice. We'll see you next week. Cheers. Cheers.